Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past on the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in Gold Cup and Soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rocking in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Sharton's starting to feel it. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Gideon. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! You've got another action-packed rendition of Hoop Style with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios in Columbus, Ohio. And boy, what an incredible weekend we are coming off of, of harness racing action as we come off the 2019 Dunkers International Trot, where Zach Joe was able to pull off the victory over a pretty stacked field. You had Atlanta in the field last year's champion, Cruzado de la Noche, was in the field as well. Uh, and the Italians were more than happy uh, to win the Yonkers International Trot uh, this past Saturday. Um, they had thoughts of coming possibly to the Breeders' Crown, but they have since said that they will not go to uh, Mohawk Park uh, next weekend for the 2019 Breeders' Crown, and what a Breeders' Crown it is shaping up to be as Bold Eagle 
the French Triple Crown winner from a couple of years ago, has entered officially into the Breeders' Crown, uh, taking place at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And what a stellar field that has turned up to be. Uh, we'll talk with Derek Gibner a little bit later on um, about that, uh, about the Breeders' Crown coming up at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, we're going to talk to Brandon Bates here in just a couple of minutes. Um, we're going to talk about Priceless to, as he heads to the 2019 Breeders' Crown. We're also going to talk to Chad Rosima, the Woodbine Mohawk Park TV analyst, to discuss the upcoming eliminations. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, you've got more from Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Discover Woodbine Mohawk Park with the whole family during the Battle of the Border at the Pepsi North America Cup, June 15th. Featuring cross-border horse racing rivalries, incredible music, and fantastic food. Come out to the Pepsi North America Cup and show your Canadian pride as the best horses and drivers in North America compete for $1 million. Admission is only $10, plus kids 17 and under are free. For event and admission details, go to woodbinemohawkpark.com, 9430 Guelph Line. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Foils again, dead game. Clear vision right on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foils again and Pit Rock together. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Uh, 
All right, we're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you from the Post Time with Mike and Mike studios. And we're joined now by a driver, Brandon Bates, who also conditions a priceless. And Brandon, let's talk a little bit about this uh, championship two-year-old. Uh, was a $31,000 purchase. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, what it's been like to uh, bring priceless along. Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, a little tough there the first week, but, uh, after, you know, eight, 10 days, she uh, really came around and, uh, just blossomed this year. Now let's talk about that kind of turn of foot. Uh, obviously when you're bringing a horse, uh, from a yearling to a two year old and even from two to three, there's always that maturity factor and you know, there, you, you have to build them up and, uh, they have to learn. When did you realize with Priceless that maybe you had something special on your hands? Um, probably two weeks before it qualified her. Um, I shipped her into Hoosier a few times to go some faster miles and, uh, get ready to go. And, uh, and she, she showed a lot of willingness at high speed right before then. Now let's take you back to the, uh, um, Indiana super final, uh, back last on October 11th before you made the decision to head to the breeder's crown. And, you know, you know, you had to know that she was good leading up to that, but did you think that she would draw off to win as easily as she did? Uh, honestly, that, that night I did, I, I was just highly confident going in. She had a great week. She felt well. Um, she drew the perfect spot on the gate. Um, where everybody else drew, I just I just felt like they'd have to have a ball back to beat her that night. Now let's talk about the Breeders' Crown uh, just a little bit, uh, Brandon. Now you head into the Breeders' Crown, you guys draw post number five, and against a, a pretty good field, uh, you've got Peaky Sneaky to your inside, uh, who just won an international stallion out at uh, Lexington. Of course, baby, you're the best. But you draw post number five. Are there any reservations heading into the Breeders' Crown, or you know, is it all systems go and uh, she's ready to rock? Yeah, I think right now physically, mentally, she's she's on point. Um, you know, of course, this week uh, the main objective is to main it, you know, make it to next week. Uh, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances or anything odd happening, I, I think she's she's right there with with the best of them. Now, Brandon, is there any after the Breeders' Crown? Is it you know more of break time for her uh, heading into next year? Or is it one of those where she's just going to kind of uh, you know maybe she's got another race out at Hoosier that uh, you guys are pointing to? Uh, she's eligible to just a few more, but uh, Bert and Kevin and I we've discussed that uh, it, you know as long as everything goes well and a, and a good effort from her, uh, these hopefully these last two weeks will be it this year. All right, Brandon. Well, listen, good luck going into this weekend's eliminations and even more luck heading into uh, next Friday night's Breeders' Crown Final. And uh, you guys have got to be excited. A $31,000 uh, yearling purchase is uh, turning up to turn big things for you guys. Yeah, she's just, uh, once we got going here, she's been unbelievable. And, uh, you know, just once or twice she had a little bad luck, but uh, really no real fault of her own. She just shows up and does her work. Every- All right, Brandon. Well, listen, good luck coming up this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in the winter circle. All right, that was a trainer driver, Brandon Bates, and uh, Brandon leads Priceless 
into the 2019 Breeders' Crowd coming up on a Friday night. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we'll have the Daily Racing Forms. Derek Gibner as we'll talk Saturday night's eliminations uh, for the three-year-old and open divisions of the 2019 Breeders' Crown. Uh, we'll also talk a little uh, Bold Eagle as well as he gets a bye in the next week's final. And uh, we'll talk much more when we come back. We've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877 800 87 82 extension 5555. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two year old pacing Colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34 time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three year old Colt Pacers, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly Pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner, Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live here this morning. And uh, we understand that, uh, that we may have a slight technical issue uh, with our uh, audio feed. Only, people are only hearing classical music, so uh, you'll have to catch the show on the archive. But one man uh, who is enjoying some of that classical music is Daily Racing Forums, Derek Gibner. Derek, what's going on, man? Yeah, I was really digging it. I, I like a little classical, though. Uh, when I play it in the car, the, the kid's uh, not too happy. <laughs> well, listen, let's talk a little bit about uh, Saturday's Breeders' Crown uh, eliminations. And first, before we dive into that, uh, you know, we got to witness something really cool in Zach and Joe uh, at the Breeder, or excuse me, at the International Trot last Saturday at Yonkers. And now we get to see a Bold Eagle next Saturday. Uh, you know, it's really kind of cool to watch these international connections, uh, how much they enjoy the sport and how much they appreciate races like that. Yeah, I mean, just talking to some of the connections last week, it was just interesting. They, they really, I think they view the international trot as a bigger race than maybe we do on, on these shores. Uh, it, it's just quite interesting. As far as the race goes, you know what? I just watched the replay again because I was watching the Meadowlands replay show that we on SMY. And you know what? I don't know if we learned enough about Zach Donjo. I, I really don't know if we learned anything because Atlanta was stopping so badly that, you know what, it was hard to say how good the performance really was. I guess we'll find out that, you know, as we get into next year and he races more. 
All right. Well, listen, let's dive into some of the Saturday racing action at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, race number two is what kicks off the Breeders' Crown Eliminations for three-year-old filly. Excuse me, for three-year-old fillies, and you have the Ice Duchess, you have Evident Beauty, both draw post one and two. Golden Tricks has been racing pretty well this year as well, and then you have Only Take Cash from post number three. This is a really, really interesting race, and uh, it'll be kind of cool to see uh, how it kind of shapes up. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, this group has been an interesting group all year, and without the beautiful Sin, who's red hot right now in in a different division, and um, also, um, when doves cry, it, this one really shapes up interestingly. I like the Ice Duchess. I liked her last week. I thought she, you know, looked like she was coming around in the Bluegrass two weeks back. I thought she raced really well in the Futurity last week, and she's where I'm looking this week. One of the horses you didn't mention, uh, Win De V, um, New York Sire Stakes, had no shot in the final uh, two starts back from post position number eight. Raced really well at the Meadowlands last week. I mean, charged home from the back of the pack. Uh, she might have a shot. I don't know how aggressively Spears will drive her in this spot, but um, maybe in the final she could sneak in there somewhere. Speaking of When Doves Cry and Beautiful Sin, let's talk about race number three, the three-year-old filly at Trotters, uh, the Brewers' Crown Elimination. And, you know, Beautiful Sin draws post number eight for Ocas Funstead, and When Doves Cry, the Hamiltonian Oaks champion, draws post number two. But you also have Millie's Possession in here, who actually has been racing pretty well uh, for the Jim Gamble Stables. Yeah, Millie's possession is a little bit of an up-and-down season, I feel like. I mean, even though it's hard to say she has 10 wins and 13 starts, but uh, you know what? She just hasn't been able to handle the the top ones the last couple of starts from what I've seen. When Dubs cry, I think she'll be aggressively handled. She'll be in play here. I'm really not sure what to think about Beautiful Sin in this spot, only because this is an elimination race. She doesn't have to win. I think she's proven that she has the speed to overcome just about any post. I think she's probably the best uh, Philly right now. Uh, I'm just – I'm not sure what to expect. I kind of want to take a shot here with Asiago, uh, a horse that I've never been in love with, but she just – she needs to be on the gate. And last week she started from the second tier. I think she needs to be near the lead. I think Tim Tietrich will drive her aggressively in this spot, and, and maybe we could get lucky at a, a big price. All right, the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters are up next. And how about this field uh, with no forbidden trade um, and no green shoe? You have Marseille from post number nine. You've got Chin Chin Hall from the inside who's been hit or miss as of late. Green Menelishi draws post number two. And then, of course, Jim Panzee, who has been a little bit of hit or miss uh, here lately. I think three to one uh, morning line is a little bit low for Jim Panzee. But then you have Don't Let Him from post number five. Uh, this is a very exciting field and a uh, group that uh, will only be shrunk by two, and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty stellar field. No, it, it's a really nice field. I mean, without Greenshoe in it, it's a wide-open affair. I mean, Green Manalishi has been really good over this track. Chimpanzee, the good thing about him is every single week you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a solid effort. He's not going to throw in a complete clunker, so you know he'll be involved. I loved Don't Let Him to finish underneath Greenshoe in the Kentucky Futurity and uh, – you know that I think that exactly came back forty dollars this thing, and uh, if I remember correctly. Um, that being said, all those horses have a shot. Uh, I, I'm kind of looking to take a flyer here with number six, Soulstrong. Just been in some bad spots. You know, the t- post ten in the Kentucky Futurity, post ten in the Hambo Final. Deontis Trotty made a break. 
I think this horse has some go to him. He just needs to be, you know, put in the right position. And uh, even last time from post 10, he finished fourth in futurity and had him raced in, in over, well over a month. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe a 20 to one or 25 to one might be a, a decent play. All right, the Breeders' Crown Open Mare Trotters race number six, and one name that is a miss from the Open Mare Trotters is Atlanta, who who elected to face the boys. We'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. But you have Hiddelor hit over in here, never, never in a, my wildest dreams that I ever think that I would see five to one morning line on Hiddelor Hanover. But it's a shortened field. Do you think you're going to get any sort of price on her? Or do you think she's going to get bet down? Yeah, I, I think you will get a decent price on her because I think people have been watching her race lately and she just doesn't look like the same mare she did before. I think I saw a couple, you know, tweets out there that made it seem like, you know, this was the end this year will be her last year. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't back her with my money at this point. She just hasn't been consistent enough. And uh, there were some other, you know, mares in here I think are really sharp right now. I mean, mares that you maybe – you wouldn't have thought about three months ago, uh, Dream Together and Supergirl Riley. Uh, they're both coming off a pair of wins. I mean, granted, Supergirl Riley hasn't been facing much, but she made 300 and something thousand last year, so there's some class there. And Dream Together, she's, she's always been a quality mare. She won 51 and change last year. She seems to be coming into form at the right time. She's on her home track. I would kind of lean her way, though. This is, you know, no slam dunk. Custom Cantab and Punch Blue Chip are also quality mares. And we'll talk about just how difficult this division is uh, when we get to the, or excuse me, this group of mares has been um, over the last couple of weeks when we get to the next division because you have world champion Manchego, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, race number eight is the three year old Philly of Pacers and Tall Drink Hanover, Warwe U Butte. Uh, they've been kind of trading punches over the past couple of weeks, but Warwe U Butte. Uh, is just been absolutely on fire. Uh, we talked a little bit, a bit, a little bit after the little brown jug, and you know the the talk may have been, you know, did we make a mistake not putting her in the jug? And uh, you know, she won the jug yet decisively. What do you make the chances here? Well, I'm tired of looking stupid picking against Warriors you Butte because that's what I've been doing <laughs> week after week. She just keeps beating me at this point. I, I my 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 white flag is up, and I'm going to say, listen, Warrior, it's just too good. I, I even in an elimination race. You know what? There are certain connections where I would think in an elimination race, you know, they're looking to just get a nice easy race in and go for the final. With Burke and Yannick, you know, in, in the equation here, there's no doubt in my mind they're looking to win this and get the best post possible. And uh, I'm all on board with Warrior U Butte. I'll take three to five and move on. All right. Let's move on to the next race. It is the Open Mare Trot race number nine. And we talked uh, a little bit of, before about, you know, Hanalore Hanover and Plunge Blue Chip and those horses. But here you have Manchego who draws post number eight. Um, and she's just set world record after world record. And, you know, this this Mare Trot division has been extremely tough. And, uh, you know, she's kind of spearheaded her way to the top. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I actually, you know, saw uh, Jimmy Tactor in the uh, in the restaurant at the Red Mile after she set that world record. And I said, you know what, she finally got it because last year she got nipped at the Meadowlands for her world record. And, uh, you know what, I, there's just – I don't see how anyone in this race can beat her. I mean, she she just looks much – she's too sharp right now. I think she's too talented. Uh, you know, maybe 
ice attraction if she, you know, stepped up, you know, with, with a big mile from the inside. But uh, I don't see how you go past Manchego in this spot. All right, race number 10 is the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers, and Century Pharaoh is kind of the hometown favorite. Uh, three to one on the morning line, you've got Captain Crunch, who's been kind of all over the place here over the past couple of weeks, and then you've got Stag Party from post number seven. Do you think that Captain Crunch is going to get a little bit over bed here, and do you bet him back off the layoff? <sighs> I, I, I'm really not sure what to make of Captain Crutch at this point. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I, I really thought he was the best, and he proved that in the North America Cup. But since then, I mean, things just haven't gone his way. I mean, granted, he's had some tough trips. Some things haven't gone his way. But there's been other races where I thought he should have won, and he, he didn't win. I mean, uh, I, my guess is that he's not, you know, hammered at the windows. I think he'll take some money because, you know, Century Farrow, you know, being this uh, – a hometown horse is going to take 22. Honestly, I, I, you know, if I'm picking this race, I would go with Dancing Lou on top and take a shot. I mean, this horse has proven himself, you know, that he can go fast miles. You know, he's got a, a 48 and change win at the Red Mile. You know, he upset South Ozzy last week. He's got early speed, so he'll be put in play. Dexter Dunn's an aggressive driver. I, I don't know that I wouldn't take a shot there because I think you could get you know, four to one, let's say, on a horse that looks to be, you know, as fast as the other two. Speaking of Southwind Ozzy, let's take a look at race number 11. It is the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers, and Southwind Ozzy had to supplement to the British Crown, and no real surprise that they uh, supplemented uh, for trainer Bill McKenzie. You've got Delo Cielos Deo, and Better's Wish uh, draws the inside for trainer Chris Ryder. Yeah, what, what I find interesting about this race is that Better's Wish is the rail, South Monazzi is the three-hole, and De Los Cielo Deo is between them. And De Los Cielo Deo, as we've seen, uh, can be a little bit of a freaky-type horse. And I think uh, driver Brian Sears is going to be looking to, uh, you know, stay out of his way, so to speak. So, whereas normally I think Brian might, you know, be a little bit patient and, you know, maybe come away third or fourth and, and, and make his move later, I think he, he might put this horse in play a little bit earlier just to, you know, try to avoid uh, being stuck behind that horse potentially. Um, that being said, I think this is probably better's wish race to lose. I mean, I think if he's not on the lead right at the start, I think uh, Dexter Dunn will quarter move him to the lead. I think he wants to be in charge. I think he wants to guarantee his post. I mean, you know, and we'll see, and we'll see how it shakes out next week. But I would lean towards better's wish and, Unfortunately, a, a very short exacto of a South Monazi. Now, Derek, when you look at these kind of races and you're looking at eliminations, how do you go about wagering them from a wagering perspective? Do you sort of expect maybe you'll see a long shot or two, or is this one of those where you just kind of you know have to poke and maybe wait for next week? You go about it very carefully. That's <laughs> how you go about it. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a tricky thing here because you really – you, you don't really know the intentions of every single participant in there. And you'd like to think that every horse that's entered, you know, is going to go a hundred percent and try to, you know, you know, do whatever it takes to win a race. But that's unfortunately not what you get in these eliminations. So you, you have to kind of, you know, you don't want to take too short of a price unless you feel like that horse is just a standout. And I think that's what you've seen, you know, you know, when I've been speaking here through these picks is that, you know, the horses I felt like, couldn't lose, like the Manchegos of the world, you know, I went with them. 
but the favorites where I felt, you know, maybe there's some vulnerability there, I've opted to, you know, you know, search for a price and take a shot against them. All right, Derek Gibner from the Daily Race Informed. Derek, thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, busy afternoon to uh, join us, and uh, we're looking forward to a great weekend of racing. Yeah, no doubt about it. It should be a great weekend at the Breeders' Crown. I'm certainly looking forward to going up for the finals. And, uh, you know, Woodbine Mohawk Park always does a, a wonderful job up there, and it's a great facility and a great place to watch racing. It's so nice when you can be, like, right on the rail and the horses are literally next to you. All right. Thanks so much, Derek. Thanks, Michael. All right, Derek Gidner from the Daily Racing Forum and uh, talked a little bit about the three-year-old and open divisions of the 2019 Breeders' Crown Eliminations. Up next is Chad Rosima, the Woodbine Mohawk Park TV analyst. He'll talk about the upcoming eliminations. Uh, we'll dive into some of Friday's uh, card and uh, also talk about some of the things that fans can expect on track throughout the night at Woodbine Mohawk Park. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Training Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder. And we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. Bring in the new year right with Meadowlands Racing. The Meadowlands Racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. 
first post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMetalands.com. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. A lot still coming up on this edition. And we're joined now by Woodbine Mohawk Park TV analyst Chad Rosima. Chad, what's going on, my friend? Hey, guys. How are you? What's going on? Listen, you guys have a fantastic weekend of racing coming up uh, this Friday and Saturday night. And then, of course, next Friday and Saturday night, culminating with the Breeders' Crown Finals. And before we dive into some of the Friday night action, uh, kind of tell us, uh, you know, wh- what you're looking forward to most and, uh, you know, maybe some of the things going on on track. You know what, guys? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we're just excited to host. You know what I mean? I, it, it's the first time that Mohawk oh, yeah. Park's ever hosted all 12 events. Uh, it's the first time it's been back in Canada since 2015. So, you know, everybody gets amped up for these year-end world championships, and, uh, and and we're just pumped for it. I mean, we're looking forward to, to having the fans out. You guys know as being to, you know, Mohawk Park in the past, it's such a fan-friendly venue. It's such a great spot to be able to watch a harness race. You can get right up close, and, and you feel like you're right in the action. So, we're we're just super excited. I mean, the next two weeks are are just going to be absolutely fantastic. All right, Chad. Well, listen, we're going to put your put your handicapping skills to work a little bit here as we take a look at Friday night's card. And you know, Friday night to me anyway is probably the tougher of the two nights uh, from an elimination standpoint because you got the two year olds, and you know, a lot of them have been yep. kind of trading punches. And it kicks off in the first race with the two year old Philly uh, Trotters, and you've got Sister Sledge and Hypnotic AM in this field. Hypnotic AM, of course, seven four seven after winning the New York Sire Stakes final, and then you have a horse like Sister Sledge who. Just just lost by a neck to Ramona Hill in Lexington. What an amazing group this is to kick off the program. Yeah, and, and Sister Sledge in that race, too, when she pulled pocket, she looked like she took a bit of a uh, stumble step there, and I think it cost her a couple of lengths, but uh, all in all, it was still a big effort from her, but I mean, they're going to need a big effort, I think, to to take down this Marcus Melander undefeated daughter of Chapter 7, Hypnotic AM, because she has just been sensational. I, I like how she's been managed. Uh, you know, she's already tested against the Grand Circuit types in the Jim Doherty Memorial where she won easily in that race. And I know some are going to say she has a stale date, but it's me, Lander. He'll have her ready to go. And that tightener at Pocono Downs, that wasn't just a 57-58 tour of the 5.8s. It was a 54-2, and two, and, and she did it well within herself. So clearly the one to beat this race, too, the last couple of years has featured winners that are undefeated in Woodside Charm and Manchego. And uh, we've got a great shot at that happening again because you've got uh, Hypnotic AM in here, and then, of course, you're going to have Ramona Hill in the other division. Now, the second race uh, is for two-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters, and there's it, it's a pretty loaded field, but let, let, let's kind of talk about the Canadian, uh, for, so to speak, uh, the Canadian connections in number eight beads. We see Paul McDonnell, and, of course, who could forget 
Paul McDonnell's amazing ride with the great Sun Beach somewhere. Uh, 12 to 1 morning line for trainer John Bax. Obviously, going to be a little, you know, going from the two year old condition company to the Grand Circuit of the Breeders' Crown is a big difference. But you've seen this horse on the, on the Woodbine Mohawk Park Circuit, and he seems to be turning foot uh, at the right time. Yeah, trotting hobbles look like they've been kind of a godsend for him. You know, like a lot of young trotters, he had issues with his gait, but uh, the, the the training wheels, as we like to say, have kind of helped him get on track. And, and that last effort, even though it was a defeat, it was a defeat to one that, you know, Team Blay is really high on and who's blues that we'll see in the, you know, Philly trot elimination. And, and this one took that one right to the limit, you know, dropping more speed, certainly trending in the right direction. But, um, you know, I, I think the Canadians in here are already up against it, against this tough, tough competition. And then on top of it, you know, the three main ones here, they draw the outside in 8, 9, and 10. Yeah, you know, of course, you don't have to deal with Real Cool Sam or Capricornus or any of those who took buys to the final. But yeah. you do have number three, Amigo Volo, who was absolutely phenomenal after making the break at the half. And uh, for those who didn't watch that race, you really should go back and watch it because it was one of the more impressive performances of the Lexington two-week period. Yeah, and it wasn't just a stumble step either. I mean, this was a full-out break that cost him, you know, a handful of lengths. And and when you're talking that kind of speed, it's it's one thing to – you know, regroup and get back into contention. But not only did he get into contention, he pulled away late. He equaled his own world record in 52 and three that later on in the day, of course, was um, then lowered by real cool, real cool Sam. But yeah, Amigo Volo, um, you know, hitting his stride at the best time. That's what you want to look for in these horses, because especially with the two-year-olds, you know, it's their first year, which ones are maybe starting to get a little tired, which ones just have the right amount of starts. And, you know, a horse like him looks like he's coming into this race in great form, but I'm actually going to try and beat him with the Swanstead trainee on the inside in third shift. I, I think this Colt is, is going to step up his game. I like what he's been able to do on the half-mile tracks. And, I mean, to win in 56 at Batavia, um, to, to me, suggests that if he's got a drop time, which obviously he will here against this group, he's capable of it. And when he went over the 78th Vernon Downs Oval, 54-4 and four in, in what was only his third lifetime start, I think this guy, if he's got to go 53, maybe even just sub-53, on Friday night, I think he'll be up to the task. Now, the third race chat is the two-year-old affiliate trotters, and here we run into Ramona Hill, and it, it seems like it's almost Ramona's Hill's race to win or lose, but you also have Sherry Lynn's lady, who I would not count out by any sense of the word. Or Ms. Savannah Bell, for that matter. Um, you know, that Muscle Hill filly out of the great stubborn Bell, who was, a, a, you know, an awesome horse uh, here locally. Uh, Ms. Savannah Bell's got some great times in there. She's racing fantastic right now. But, yeah, so too is Sherry Lynn's lady getting hot right now. But Ramona Hill has just been really a freak. Uh, I remember seeing her first start at the Meadowlands and, and how impressive she looked. And I thought, who is this filly? And I was looking forward to seeing her in Canada for the Peaceful Way. But uh, that wasn't to be. But now we've got her for the Breeders' Crown. And, and yeah, she, she might have only held on by a neck in that latest. But it was the sister sledge. And, and I mean, that's. That's a great filly as well, and she did it from an outside draw. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a matchup of two really good undefeated fillies for the final in the Breeders' Crown, and it'll just be one of many storylines we'll follow. Now, how about this storyline in the fourth race? A $31,000 yearling purchase uh, taking a swing against Breeders' Crown Company after winning the Indiana Super Final in Priceless Post 5. Obviously, you've got Guy Waterhouse and Reflect With Me, but we talked with Brandon Bates earlier on the program, and he is very, very high on this horse. Well, and, and as he should be, the daughter of Rock and Image, has, she obviously is a high, high-speed filly. 
you know, she's had those uh, those miscues, but as Brandon was talking about too, you know, one was due to some interference, one was due to just kind of an off night, and you know, outside of that, she does not have a bad line on the resume. So um, I, I, she deserves a chance up against these these top Grand Circuit types, and uh, excited about. It. You always like to hear, you know, the kind of the small the small time stories and. And that would certainly be one here with this uh, with this filly. So I'm excited to see her race here. I think she's going to be a top three finisher, which, you know, with three eliminations for this two-year-old filly pace, that's what you've got to be to secure a spot next week. But I think reflect with me getting back to Canada where she's had plenty of success. Uh, she's a great lady. She didn't get out until late and, and was a good rallying third there. I think she bounces back with her first winning effort since early September and um, you know, Team Alanya once again with another another top two-year-old filly and another one by Captain Treacherous. Race number six, let's talk a little bit about trainer Chantal Mitchell and Louis Philibois picks up the drive with Allie Korn. And this is a horse that you've gotten to take a uh, very, very close look at uh, over the past, though, say, seven or eight weeks. And, you know, mm-hmm. what an impressive resume uh, that uh, – that she has put together uh, four to five on the morning line. It deserves every bit of it. Has only missed the board one time this year, over $500,000 made, has done almost nothing wrong. Uh, you think the race has to go through Alley Corn? Oh, 100%. She'll be the heavy favorite in here. Um, I mean, they're not going to hand it to her. Uh, you know, the Ross Krogan trainee, we don't know how good she is. She's just starting to kind of get into gear, and she's done some pretty incredible things considering – She's only raced four times, so look out for New Year. But, yeah, for Alicorn, I mean, she has just been a sensation, whether it be in our provincial program or at the Grand Circuit level. I mean, she's won the Eternal Cam Nation. Uh, you know, she, she went toe-to-toe with Lion Sentinel, and the She's a Great Lady, and others in there, and, and uh, held her own to be a solid second. You know, she's a tiny, tiny filly, but uh, you wouldn't know it, the way that she races. And last week when she won their, the Ontario Sire Stakes Superfinal, that was a perfect world scenario because she got into that race. She got cheap fractions. It wasn't used hard. It was basically a paid train mile, and she is going to be coming into this race just in perfect, perfect shape. Speaking of Lion Sentinel, the next eliminations features Lion Sentinel, who draws post number six in a seven-horse field. Uh, you've got some beach sometime. Uh, he was coming off a victory against uh, Condition Company at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And then you have uh, J.K. First Lady, who was second, only beaten ahead to New Year, who we just talked about. Yeah, and came flying late there. And New Year had to you know go, go out at first over. It's a tough trip from her, but J.K. First Lady had a long way to come, and uh, just missed, and obviously this one bred to the nine for Nancy Johansson and company, and uh, you know she'd love to see certainly one by J.K. She's a lady. Obviously her star pupil uh, get to the winner's circle here, but Lion Sentinel, to me, at least right now, even with the likes of an alley corn in the division, looks to be ahead of the group, and uh, she is she is certainly something special. When I got to see her in the She's a Great Lady elimination, I thought, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe that a filly could win from where she was at the half, given those fractions and what they ended up going the mile, 52 and three on the back end. And then she proved that that was obviously no fluke with an impressive sub 150 performance in the final the next week. She has stayed in shape, you know, with another, um, you know, minor stakes win at Harris, Philadelphia. So she comes in white hot, clearly the one to beat. She's got the build to be a fantastic filly. And, and I'm really, you know, not only excited about this division this year, but if all of these fillies stay sound and a couple others improve, Think of this three-year-old division next year and how good it's going to be. 
Yeah, for sure. It's going to be an amazing, amazing division. And uh, it's really nice to kind of see some of these uh, Phillies kind of come along uh, there for, you know, a little bit. You know, you had one shining star in the mayor's division, uh, in the age division. And now you see Sharkin kind of turn the corner with Caviar Alley. So I can only imagine what the mayor pacing division is going to look like in a couple of years. It's going to be something uh, really cool to see. Oh, I, I completely agree. It's uh, it. it... It's a lot of fun, and and then you think even you know the new crop that's going to be coming in for for two year olds and, and those big name you know new sires that are kind of thrown into the mix now you know with the always be Mickey's and the betting lines and so on and so forth. It's it's uh, certainly an exciting time to be a harness racing fan. Yeah, that's for sure. Now the two year old Colt and Gelding Pacers take center stage in race number nine, and you know obviously you know everybody's going to be looking at Tall Dark Stranger, but who could forget Major Betts and the performance that uh, that uh, he put on at Lexington, and uh, he was one of uh, my better bets of the week, <laughs> uh, not just for his name, but for the price that he paid. Um, raced exceptional for trainer Mark Harder, and he drew off to win pretty decisively. What do you make of his chances against a field like this? Of course, you got Pappy Rob hit over who draws post number six. And uh, let's see who else is in here. You have to his outside, uh, Alleywag hit over. Yep. Hey, yeah, and, and Tall Dark Stranger, of course, right? That undefeated horse. But, uh, you know, Major Betts, yeah, he was impressive at the Red Mile. And kind of his coming out party. You know, had he not done that and he was in here, we'd be looking at this thinking, well, why is this guy in here? But, you know, off that effort, he deserves it. He's just obviously drawn tough. But Dexter Dunn has proven himself to be, you know, definitely one of the top drivers uh, in North America. And, uh, you know, he's going to be in his very first Breeders' Crown Finals. Maybe it's with this guy, um, but there's others that are certainly going to get Dexter on the big stage next weekend here. But I've been a fan of Tall Dark Stranger from day one. Uh, what he did in Lexington, I thought was very impressive and he didn't have to go sub 150. He just did it well within himself, absolutely wrapped up at the wire. You know, he has got that, you know, that physical build of just, just a great looking one. And, and I mean, he costs a lot of money and, uh, you know, he's bred to be a good one, but he's lived up to, to every, uh, every little bit of that. And I spoke with Nancy Johansson last night and, and just, you know, curious why they, why they opted to, to pass on the bye. Was it to, you know, try and secure a good post for the final with a victory here, or was it to, you know, keep him in race shape? And it was kind of a little bit of both is what she told me, because, you know, had he, you know, taken the bye, he'd be off three weeks heading into the final. And, uh, you know, she didn't want to take her chances with that. And, and um, you know, plus now if he can win, of course, he can, you know, assure himself a post between one and five. So I like him. He's the one to beat for Poppy Rob Hanover. You know, Brett Pelling said he's treated this horse like rock and roll Hanover from day one. And, uh, he's obviously fantastic, and, and he raced great oh, yeah. in the Metro final. And, and, and looking forward to this uh, this matchup between these two Metro top two finishers again. Now let's kind of talk uh, real briefly about Bold Eagle. And I know you guys at Woodbine Park Park have to be super excited that he'll make his North American debut uh, north of the border uh, for the Breeders' Crown. Uh, he comes in, uh, I believe, on Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, you guys have to be excited about seeing him. And, uh, obviously, he gets the bye into the final next Saturday. It'll be cool to watch him train up to the big race. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we're going to, you know, watch social media. We're going to follow everything, I'm sure. You know, Mark McKelvey, of course, he does such a great job for our media communications department. He'll be he'll be following every every step of this guy. And just the excitement that, you know, we're obviously as fans just to see him, but he's a recognizable name um, to everybody in the industry. And 
Um, you know, the, obviously, you know, then the European ties. Now, all of a sudden, you've got all these eyes from Europe that are going to be intrigued to watch the Breeders' Crown, um, you know, all the races, but, but mainly, of course, the open trot with him where he'll face off against 10 others. So, yeah, we're excited to have a horse like him, um, you know, in town. And, and uh, we've got a great group that are going to go up against him. And I think the other 10 are happy to have a chance to go up against a guy like this. All right, Chad. Well, listen, lots of great things coming up this weekend and next. Best of luck to you guys, and I know it'll be some high-handling nights. I'm looking forward to some great racing. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I'm looking forward to having you guys in Canada next weekend. All right. Thanks so much, Chad. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Chad Razima, the Woodbine Mohawk Park TV analyst discussing the 2019 Breeders' Crown. We'll take one final timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA and Bet America. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. All right. What a big weekend of racing we have to look forward to. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday, first post 10 at 30 in the morning. We'll also have shows on Friday and Saturday nights live from Woodbine Amoha Park. It's the 2019 Breeders' Crown. See everybody next Thursday, first post at 1030. Good night, everybody. Home. I know